Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Fellowship Podcast. We hope this message will inspire, challenge, and encourage you to grow closer to Christ. If you're in the Anchorage area, we invite you to be our guest during our morning Sunday worship service at 11 a.m. For directions, or if you would like more information about us, please visit akmaranatha.com. I want to encourage you to welcome with me Kelly Brake. God wants to work. Even when you might not think that you see God doing much, you may not have opportunity. I mean, this is a missions-oriented church, so you hear a lot of testimonies of what God is doing, but God is working in spite of many people thinking that He's not doing that much in this hour. I think every time I've been here for the last several years, I've made a point of that contrast. There's, there's always people in the body of Christ that aren't aware of what God's doing and believe there's not a whole lot going on. But there is so much going on in the world right now. There's so much God is doing. And that's important for us to realize in our verse, uh, our chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 3, it was a time where the Bible even says that there was not a lot happening. And yet God was looking to make something happen. So even if you're in an area or a family or a region where most people think a lot is not happening, God is looking for someone through whom He can make something happen. God is looking for someone through whom He can do mighty works. God is looking for someone to talk to. And God is this morning looking for someone to talk to in this place of worship. I believe that's part of why He encouraged us to raise our expectations or raise them to an uh, uh, the word we are used to exceed, to expect beyond what we have expected before. Maybe you've, you've had a certain type of experience with God. One of the things Lenore and I have learned to pray is, God, uh, continue to move outside of our box. Because even uh, though we try to remain open to the Holy Spirit in all of our work, we understand there are some ways God wants to move in our life that maybe we're not familiar with. And maybe there's some ways God wants to speak to us that we may not be familiar with. So we're always praying, even after many years, Lord, help us to be receptive to how you want to move and how you want to speak in our life. Now, our our text says this. Now, the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Remember, Samuel was the little boy that Hannah prayed for. She didn't have a child. God gave her a son. She had promised the Lord, if you bless me, I'll surrender him and offer him to your service. And the Lord blessed her with Samuel, and so she brought him at a very young age to uh, serve in the house of the Lord. And so he was entrusted to the care of the priest Eli, and that's how he grew up. And so the Bible starts in this chapter with this story about Samuel, that he ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. That means that there weren't a lot of people hearing from God. And that was the reality, but that was not a condition God wanted for His people. God wanted 
to speak to his people. God wanted his people to expect to experience him. But in these days, the priesthood had grown stale. Eli's family had become corrupt. There were very few people hearing from God. Sometimes in the church world, even today, some of us begin to develop a a a philosophy or a belief that that's really wrong. We begin to believe that God maybe speaks to certain special people. Or, you know, maybe there's a few people in the church with the gift of prophecy. I know there's some in this church that God gives prophetic words and and uh, you might be one of those that sits and you you hear our brother give a prophetic word. I've heard you give prophetic words before that I know were from God. And but some people hear that and they think, well, that's a a special thing in his life. Or the pastor gets up and preaches, and we might think, well, you know, the pastor really uh, hears from God in a way most of us probably never will. No, the pastor's just doing what he's called to do, and a prophetic person might be doing what they're called to do, but revelation or the ability to hear the heart of God is something that is supposed to be common and normal for every member of the body of Christ. Jesus made that really clear when he told the disciples, I'm going away, but I'm going to send another one in my place, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. When he comes, he will lead you into all truth. He will take of what is mine. He'll take from what the Father Father speaks and he'll speak it to you. So the idea of the church initiated by Jesus was never that there were a handful of us that could hear from God really good and the rest of us just kind of had to sit waiting to be informed. We learn from one another, we teach one another, we can inform one another, but none of us are meant to be outside of that system of revelation. God has a hunger to speak to you. The Holy Spirit who dwells within you when you're born again and receive Jesus by faith, from that moment that He comes into your life, He is a speaking God in your life. He's a communicating God. He wants to converse with you spirit to spirit. And so this word expectation, if nothing else happened this morning through this time in the Word, other than you went away with an increased expectation that God is going to communicate with you and speak to your life, that would be a very valuable reason for us to have come together. Because one of the greatest things we have in life is the ability to commune or fellowship or interact with our God. He is not only a God of salvation who guarantees our eternity, but He's an intimate, loving God who knows your name. So the, the word of the Lord was rare, and there was no widespread revelation, but God wanted His people to know what was in His heart. God was not hiding. God was not... Uh, having a fit. God, there just were very few people who had an ear to hear. So God was determined somebody has got to hear my voice. For the sake of my people, someone has to know what is in 
the heart of God. For the sake of your family, someone in your family needs to know what is in the heart of God. For the sake of the church, we thank God for pastors who have a zeal to know what is in the heart of God. Because when a pastor or my pastor or any preacher gets up to speak, I don't want to hear simply what's in their head. I want to hear what's in the heart of God. And that is God's longing for you, to share with you what is burning in His heart. God is very personal about this. It's very personal about this between you and him. And we see that modeled in the way he reaches out to Samuel. The Bible says it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel, the boy, was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, here I am. The Lord called Samuel. Samuel. Samuel was not familiar with the voice of God. So he thinks it's Eli. And he runs off to Eli to see what Eli wants. But here's the first thing we have to see. This is a very personal desire in God to communicate with someone by name. We are not just all... uh, citizens of the kingdom. We are more than that. We are sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. He knows our name and He speaks to us by name. He's not just a, you're not just a project that He needed to get from death to life, but you're someone that He created in His image, and He knows you by name. This is a wonderful thing about prayer. Prayer is not just bringing our problems to God and talking to God about what's wrong in the world or in our... Prayer is communing with someone who knows us more intimately than our spouse, than our children. They know us more intimately. I mean, a lot of times people want to pour out their heart to the pastor because, you know, the pastor... He's, that's his job, to understand me the way nobody can understand me and to listen to me for hours and hours. But you know what? He's great. She's great. They don't hold a candle to Jesus, let me tell you. I mean, you have someone who you can go directly to, and he loves for you to come to him and to talk to you by name. He knows the first name, the middle name, the last name of everybody in this church. And your name is music to his ears. And I just picture God with the fire of his word, his message, burning within his being and longing to communicate that to the people of Israel. But he begins it by calling out Samuel's name. Samuel. Samuel. I want to initiate a relationship with you. 
You're going to be my representative. You're going to know me. You're going to learn to love the sound of my voice. Oh, one of the great passions of my heart as a as a pastor, but just as a member of the body of Christ, one of my great passions is that all of God's people would learn to recognize and value and love the sound of His voice. God wants to speak to you today and to give you a hunger for His voice calling your name. The Lord called and Samuel said, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, You called me. And Eli said, I didn't call you. Go lay down again. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called again, Samuel. So Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he answered, I did not call you. My son, go lay down again. Now, the Bible says Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. It's two things. Samuel did not yet know the Lord. As a little boy, he had, I mean, God was just an idea, but he didn't have personal connection to God. Nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Two things that God, that are inseparable in our Christian journey. First, we know the Lord. First, we find out who Jesus is and we accept him by faith. But then the heart of Jesus is revealed to us. So many people stop there. They find him and they're, they're saved and they're going to heaven. But it's not supposed to stop there. Now the heart of God, the word of God, the thoughts of God are revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. He, and we find out he cares about every little detail of our life. This is one of the things that, that gives me such joy and, and such a desire to keep serving him. It's not just to do my duty or because I'm really into missions, but it's because I've learned what an amazing good God He is that He cares about every little detail of my life. Years ago I told the story and it's in the book and I wasn't going to tell it but it just came to my heart. But I, I know I've told it here before but there's a lot of new people so you have to hear it again. But It's an example of how intimate God is. When our kids were little, our kids are all going on 40 now, but when our kids were little, uh, we were pastoring in New York, and I don't know if any of you are old enough to remember, I mean, some of you are, because you're <laughs> same age, but they had a, a clothing brand, they don't have it anymore, it's called Bugle Boy, and it was clothes for little boys, and so this was about 30, 30 some years ago, 35 years ago, and as a pastor, we had a steady paycheck, and we would go out and buy these cute little sharp bugle boy clothes for our kids. And um, then we went into missions, and we were really poor for a while. <laughs> you don't have to be really poor if you go into missions, but that was a season God had us in, and we had no extra money. We were working in South America, had uh, moved from our church, and we were working in South America. And then we came back, and we were traveling to different nations. This was in the uh, very early 90s. And um, we had no money to buy clothes for our kids. And I went to, we went to a store, and we were just walking through, and I saw on the rack the Bugle Boy clothes, and they were, you know, way out of our range. And for some reason, I just really, like, I, I got really down about it. I, I said, wow, I, you know, I can't even buy clothes for my kids. 
and um, you know, nothing wrong with hand-me-downs or going to Goodwill. We've done that. We've gotten clothes from different places like that. But for some reason, it just really bothered me. I, I want to buy Bugle Boy clothes for my boys like we used to, but we're too poor and we can't. And I was just in a funk about it. Sitting, uh, we were visiting my mom. I, we were sitting in her house in Ohio. And the phone rang. And... Um, it was a person that had been on a tour to Russia with us a couple years earlier. And I didn't know, I didn't have a close relationship with this person. We'd never communicated. They just happened to be part of a Russian ministry group that we were on in the early 90s. This person called and they said, wow, you are really hard to find. Nobody knew where we were. I think there was one person who knew we were at my mom's house, but they had tracked us down through two or three people and finally, the person that knew we were gave us gave the art the number, and this lady said, um, "You are really hard to find." And I said, "Well, what? What? Why are you calling?" She said, "I have the weirdest word from God to give you. I don't know what this means." She said, "But I was in prayer this morning, and the Holy Spirit came upon me to begin interceding for you and your wife." And she said, "God spoke a very strange word to me and told me I had to." give it to you prophetically. And and she said, I wrote it down. I don't even know what it means, but maybe you'll know what it means. And she read me the word, and this was the word. God told me to tell you he knows how to provide bugle boy clothing for his children. Now, if that's not amazing to you, then I I don't know. You need a fresh experience with God. That happened over 30-some years ago. It's still amazing to me. It's still amazing to me. I mean, I know God knows how to do anything. But the fact that he was that detailed and that intimate, and it was like God saying, I know everything about you. I know every thought that passes through your mind, and I care about you. And I even spoke to some woman that was praying in her prayer closet in North Carolina to track you down in Ohio and call you and read what she had written to tell you, I know how to provide bugle boy clothing for your children. It's incredible. Incredible. (laughs) Luke, is that kind of stuff normal around here? Like, I don't know. In the old-fashioned days, Pentecost churches, people get up and shout, and, and, you know, that would be the end of the preaching. they just dance for half an hour after a story like that. But it's true. Maybe some of you are thinking, ah, I don't know, there must be. No, this is true. This is our God. This is our God. He speaks so personally. Samuel doesn't get it the first time. Samuel doesn't get it the second time. But God is persistent and determined to get through to you and I. And so a third time he lays down and the scripture says this to us. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Like somebody's calling my name. Somebody's talking to me. Eli was like 90-some years old. He says, maybe, maybe you're out of it and you don't know what's going on anymore, but someone is calling my name. God is persistent about talking to you. God is persistent about getting your attention. Not because he's all bent out of shapes, because he loves you. And sometimes we believe a lie that because we didn't pay attention correctly the first time, or we didn't pay attention correctly the third time, second time, 
that we may have wasted our opportunities to hear from God. I want to tell you that if you've turned a deaf ear to God, not two or three times, but maybe in your life 30 times, God is persistent in His grace and in His mercy. You might have said no yesterday, or I'm not sure you're wanting to talk to me yesterday, but today is a fresh mercy, and I know in my heart, out of the goodness of God and from the Word of God, that He will not give up talking to you. You may have not always perfectly responded No problem. We've been in this business a long time, and we have not always perfectly responded. Sometimes we have not responded at all. When God spoke to us in 2005, we live in Florida now, but in 2005, God spoke to us that we were leaving the the church we were pastoring at that time and moving to Alaska. I was not quick to respond. I said, no, no, I'm not. I love visiting Alaska. I love preaching in Alaska. I'm not living in Alaska. Now, I'm not arrogant with God. I just convinced myself it wasn't God. I mean, if God's standing in front of me, I'm not going to have a discussion. I'm just going to (laughs) obey. But when you're hearing whispers, if you don't like what he's whispering, it's real easy to tune it out and say, well, that's not God. God supernaturally confirmed it once. He supernaturally confirmed it a second time. I I mean really unusual confirmations. I was so dead set against moving to Alaska. No offense to my fellow Alaskans because I changed my tune since then. And greatest place on earth. But I was dead set against it 20 years ago. And the seventh time that God spoke. I, I don't know. The Lord spoke to me and said, I have confirmed it seven times. You better not ask me for another confirmation. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, he has a number where he draws a line with all of us, but maybe it's 300, maybe it's seven. I don't know what it is with you, but he's persistent. That's my point. You, you haven't, if you're here this morning, you haven't blown your last chance to hear from God. If you're here this morning, you are perfectly positioned to hear from God. So let's just erase the lie that someone is here this morning and God has gotten tired of trying to get your attention. Maybe even the fact that we're on this subject is God demonstrating to one or two of you. I mean, if there's someone in this room that believes that they've become disqualified to hear the voice of God, then that would be worth this one message for that one person. Because God loves you and longs to communicate to you that he is persistent in his passion to be in relationship with you to reveal his word to you so you can tell the world how good he is god is insistent and persistent the bible tells us finally eli got it he perceived that the lord had called the boy Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. There's a couple really important and powerful things that happened here in this process. The first was that someone who had influence in Samuel's life 
had to acknowledge and recognize that God was speaking to him. The the best pastors in the world are those who get it, who understand they're not the only ones that God talks to. The worst church leaders or pastors or whatever in the world are those that stand up in this position and talk as if they're the only ones God talks to. No, the great passion of a good shepherd is that the sheep know, the the people of God's pasture know, that they have equal access to the throne of God. That they have equal opportunity to hear the voice of God. Having REV or pastor or whatever in front of my name does not give me an edge or advantage on hearing the voice of God. my, My ability, my right to hear the voice of God is based on the blood of Jesus Christ. The same blood that qualifies you. The same blood that allows you to boldly with confidence walk into the throne room of grace, that is the equalizer. Our job up here is not to talk down to the people there as if we've got some direct line that they can only dream of. We all have a direct line to heaven. We all have equal access. We can all hear His voice. The Spirit of God. Maybe in something public, in one of the gifts, but most of the time just in our daily walk with Him. Lenore and I have been married 40 years next month. I don't think there, in fact, I know, there's not a single day of our 40-year journey in which we were together that we didn't talk. It's unimaginable to me. We greet one another first thing we wake up, and we talk throughout the day. It's unimaginable that, that the most important person in my life, that we would go through a whole day and not talk to one another. I, I will confess, sometimes we've gotten mad and gone through a couple hours without talking. <laughs> but I don't think we've ever gone through a whole day Without talking. It wouldn't even make sense to me. How come that makes sense, but not hearing from God for weeks or months at a time is perfectly fine? I mean, the relationship with God is of a much higher intimacy level and of far more vital importance than any human relationship or covenant. How can it be that we understand that people have to talk, but God is silent? No! He wants to talk to us longs to communicate with us. Someone of influence in Samuel's life, you could say like his pastor, had to recognize that God wanted to raise up this boy and use him for his glory. That's one of the great passions we have in our mission work at this season, and I think I've touched on that before, our great passion for today's generation of young people to be fully released into what God has called them to do. That's our passion for Coco and Viara and a little army of young people across Bulgaria just like them and in all the nations of the world. God, we recognize it. We perceive it. We see it. That God is 
speaking to their lives, working in their lives. I know them. I trust them. I've, I've heard their ability to hear from God. So when one of them shares, I think I have a word from the Lord for the congregation. They don't have to run it by me for me to give it a litmus test of approval. I understand they walk with God. They know how to hear from God. Our young people today need that affirmation from the generation older than them. They need to know about more than what they shouldn't do wrong. They need to know that there's some right things that God is doing in their life. They need to know that God even wants to anoint them and use them, perhaps to a degree that far surpasses what our generation experienced. I mean, can we in our position, we're in our early 60s, so can we and those older us, can we embrace that? Can we allow that? Can we say that's good if they not only hear from God with a greater degree of accuracy, but they are able to produce for the kingdom something that surpasses whatever it is we may have produced? That's my prayer. That's my dream. That's God's dream because Samuel was going to far surpass Eli. God needed someone so that the word of the Lord would not word of the Lord would not be rare continually so that revelation would not be rare but it would become widespread he perceived that the Lord called him but then he got himself out of the way Eli said to Samuel You have to understand, this is not an easy moment in Eli's life. This is a serious moment. This is a decision moment for Eli because Eli is accustomed to being the man. He's accustomed to being the one people come to. He's got the trappings of position and power and title, and most people never want to let go of that. But Eli suddenly realizes you can't get in the way of God, and he realizes that God is moving on a young man, and I must get out of the way. I must tell him it is okay for you to go and hear directly from God. Eli is not high-fiving Samuel and saying, that's awesome. This is painful for Eli. Because Eli realizes God has moved on to someone who has more of a hearing ear. I don't want to lose my hearing ear. If I live into my 90s, I want to hear from God better then than I do do now. I want to hear from God with increasing uh, ability in each season of my life. What does that mean? That means I want my intimacy with Jesus to grow continually. I want God to be able to tell me and you the secrets of his heart. I want to be able to commune with God, but that means I must also be able to release others to commune with God. And so he says, if he calls you again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. I'm going to not only endorse your ability to hear from God, Samuel, I'm going to get myself out of the way. I'm going to allow the existing order to be turned upside down so that God can get his message across. That's what we need in the kingdom is for us just to be in love with a message. Not our title, not our position, not the reverence people might have, 
for whatever it is we do, not people's all over a gift that one of us might have, that some of you might have. I mean, this is what we do. You know, we hear somebody prophesy or they pray for the sick and then, oh, that's amazing. But the same spirit is in you. The same spirit of God is in you. So we've got to stop hero worshiping human beings and start hero worshiping the son of God. He's the only hero in the room. The rest of us, we're sons and daughters that serve him, but he is the only one that we adore. The only one to receive glory. To you alone be glory, honor, and power. So Samuel went and lay down. And the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak, for your servant is listening. I love the way, in this version, the way it's written, it says, speak, for your servant hears. Speak, for your servant understands now who's talking to him. That's God's heart for us. Speak, Lord, for your servant understands now who's talking to him. I understand, Almighty God, you're calling me by name. It's incredible. It's incredible. We are servants, but we're also in intimate relationship with him. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And God spoke, and Samuel delivered the word of the Lord to Eli. And I just want to close with the the final verses of that chapter. It says, So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Then revival came again, and God was not so hard to find. And in this dark, broken world, God is pouring himself out on a young generation, whether they be Bulgarian or whether they be Alaskan. And as they say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears, the word of the Lord in them grows. And God, again, is in the midst of his people. One of the greatest keys to revival is saying yes to what the Lord wants to say to you and yes to what he wants to say to those he is raising up. Can we pray once more for expectation? Jesus, we want to hear your voice. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. We're hearing, listening, pining for that familiar voice of the Holy Spirit. I pray for anyone who has thought they exhausted their opportunity to hear that they will receive a fresh mercy today. I pray, Spirit of God, for Maranatha family, that this congregation will be a hearing people 
a hearing people that that anchorage in all of its brokenness and broken areas of life in different communities that people would know there is gathered on diamond a people that have God in their midst a people for whom Jesus is real then we don't have to be fancy outwardly we just have to walk with God and people will know that God has visited his people again oh lord pour out your spirit in a fresh way on our precious Maranatha family and thank you lord for using them mightily to reveal the word of the lord in this hour in jesus name amen amen we probably went a little long pastor luke i forgot to ask you about quitting time but uh, if there's anybody here that um just would like a prayer for their ability to hear. I'm going to, if there's opportunity for that, I'm going to have Coco and Viara just available. I'm going to sit and get out of the way of <laughs> what God wants to do. Amen. Thank you, Kelly. Everybody's grateful because we have plenty of time. <laughs> Why don't we take a moment to stand I just want to encourage you in something, and then I'm going to invite you to the altars if you'd like to come and spend a few moments. The Reformation brought re, renewed the idea of the priesthood of all believers, that believers all could stand in the place of a priesthood. And I believe that the Pentecostal revival um, brought back to mind the prophethood of all believers, that every believer can hear from God. Remember when... Um, Peter spoke to the crowd at Pentecost. He said, this is what was promised by the prophet Joel, that I will pour out my spirit in the last days. This is it. This is it. So the last days, we, we might think that's in the future. No, that was initiated at Pentecost. I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young and old, your old men, your young men, your servants, both men and women. It's not a, it's not a gender thing. That God wants to speak, and he wants to not only speak to us, but speak through us. But if we're going to be voices for God, we need to have ears to hear him first. And so let me give you a piece of practical wisdom, because I don't know how this is going to go from this moment. In your prayer time, don't just be talking to God. Take some time for listening. Spend some still moments and say to the Lord, God, if you have anything to say to me, I'm all ears. Okay? If you said something like that and just slowed down a little bit, I think we'll start. And we really had a desire for it because God knows when we really don't want to hear from him. But if, if you've set your heart to hear from him, to have a listening heart, he'll speak to you. And so, uh, and then I would encourage you, be in the fellowship of believers because we, we need one another to challenge because sometimes weird things get in that we think might be God. We need to talk about those things. We need to hash those things out and hear, have we heard from God? And encourage one another in it, okay? So that's really important. So I encourage you to do that and to be listening. And as you read your Bible, say, Lord, speak to me through this word, and he will. All right? Thank you for joining us today. If this ministry has impacted you, we would love to hear about it. You're welcome to message us at akmaranatha.com forward slash contact or message us on Facebook at Maranatha Full Gospel Fellowship. We pray you are blessed by the message and have a wonderful week.